Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Rams fans? Kenneth Arthur here with another episode of Turf Show Times podcast. Today, I am talking about the Rams and the Texans. I'll get into the Texans. There are DVOA rankings at Football Outsiders. In case you don't have a Football Outsiders account, you can get these DVO rankings exclusively from me, Kenneth Arthur, and Turf Show Times. I don't know. Maybe other people are talking about DVOA. Maybe DVOA is a thing of the past. Everybody's on to PFF grades. It certainly seems that way. People do talk. Now that I'm saying it out loud, people do talk a lot more about PFF grades than they do about DVOA, don't they? Um, maybe the DVOA thing never really caught fire, but I'm going to go over it anyway. I don't have a PFF account, so you're going to have to get those exclusive numbers. Oh, well, I'll actually you can get those at Turf Show Times from our own Stephen Writings, who posts those every week, the PFF grades. So there you go. We got it all, baby. And this is the podcast version, and I am going to get into the Texans, what team they are, what their stats are like, uh, some of the players. But I really can't emphasize enough. I'm getting upset a little bit as we lead into this game. I'm getting a little upset with the Houston Texans organization. Because there's a lot of talk about ownership this week. There's a lot of talk about owners. A lot of owners' names have been brought up this week, including, first and foremost, Stan Kroenke of the LA Rams and talking about how all the other owners or a lot of the other owners are upset with him over moving the Rams from St. Louis to Los Angeles without also being prepared to pay any and all potential costs associated with that relocation and right now Stan Kroenke after billions of dollars is hesitant to keep paying the legal fees and that's not just legal fees like for one entity you know the NFL or even the Rams or even one franchise that's legal fees for every franchise everybody's in this together and uh, in terms of the lawsuit, so they, this is why the owners have to come together. And there's so much focus on Stan Kroenke and what Stan Kroenke did. And, you know, isn't Stan Kroenke a bad guy? And isn't Jerry Jones a bad guy? Because everybody sort of likes a villain. Everybody grows up liking villains. You like the Joker and you put the Joker on your wall and you have the Joker and uh, you talk and you say things like the Joker and you have a tattoo of the Joker. And then everybody also sort of likes to have their real life villains who, unlike the Joker or unlike Hans Gruber or unlike Darth Vader, uh, isn't someone that you like. And maybe for a lot of people, it can be billionaire owners, you know, people who you would think for all uh, that they have could at least abide by uh, the rules, I suppose, is maybe the heart of some people's issues. But I would also just say I'm a football fan. And when I take in any news about the NFL, it's because, first and foremost, 
I am a football fan. I wouldn't give a shit about anything that any of these people are doing if I wasn't a football fan and if I didn't love watching football. I'm here for football. So if we're going to start talking about good owners and bad owners, how about we start with the Houston Texans and not a team that is six and one, one of the most exciting teams in the NFL, one of the most watchable teams in the NFL, which is why the Rams are on prime time five times this season and will be any other opportunity the, Ram, uh, the NFL has to put them on TV to be on TV because Stan Kroenke, no matter what else you say about him, is the type of owner, as we've seen in other sports, other countries, the type of owner who will build a entertaining product, a sports spectacle. He's not here to get, you know, a lot of people put it out as greed, but he's not here to just ask you to watch the Lions or watch the Texans or watch the Jets, be happy that there's a football team in town, shut up and just be happy that we're getting high draft picks. And, you know, as much as Stan Kroenke is or is not involved with the day-to-day operations of the Rams, other owners maybe are too involved or not involved enough, or they don't really want to put the resources forward to build a successful franchise. So when the Rams meet the Texans, I would say you could argue it is the best owner in the NFL. If we're just talking about someone who's building a football team worth watching, which is what we're here to do. And a an owner who has no intention to make a product worth watching. Well, we're talking about the Rams and the Texans because Houston is not, it's, it's a poor, it's not even a poor excuse for a team. It's it's not a team. I mean, and I have nothing to say negatively about the players other than what we all agree on. And you can go and you can use PFF grades or DVOA if you'd like, but there are not a lot of players who would start for the Rams or for the Cardinals or for the Packers or for the Giants or for the Ravens or the Steelers or even the Patriots or the, you know, maybe not even some of them in the Dolphins. You know, this is a team that went four and 12 a year ago. And the only reason maybe they won four games was Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson. It became apparent early on in the off season was not going to be a part of the Houston Texans. They tried trading him. And then all of a sudden all of the uh, legal stuff went off field stuff went on and then the trade became like obviously this isn't going to happen and whether it was before then or after then uh houston decided and when i say houston i I mean most specifically talking about the owner who went with the general manager from the new england patriots who was obviously probably going to say like yeah i'm a i'm a smart guy and i look around and i think that would be stupid to try and win seven or eight games we should not try to win any games we should try to win zero games because we don't have any resources right now we didn't have a first round pick this year we couldn't trade to sean watson but if we get the number one pick we'll have a lot of power next year and so you know it's it's a very common thing right to think of a team tanking and i've always said that tanking this idea of tanking is a little bit overrated and overrotten and people talk about it too much and they put it on too many teams and i feel like 
Yeah, okay, because I always, and I still think this with the Texans. The players aren't tanking. The players have nothing to gain from losing. So the players are always trying to win. And we don't have any problems saying this in college football when teams are outmatched and we go into every, you know, 90% of college football games are decided before they start. And nobody really has a problem with that. And if there is an upset, and I'm not talking about like, oh, four teams in the top 25 lost today and the teams are, I'm talking about, you know, Georgia, you know, facing, which I, don't, I mean, if you don't follow college football, you know, it's just like, even right now, you probably know that Alabama is Alabama. And right now, even people say, well, Alabama couldn't beat Georgia because that's how good Georgia is right now. And, well, you know, they don't have any really qualms saying, well, like, yeah, they don't have this good player, that good player, that good player as compared to the other guys. And I don't have a qualm saying that the Houston Texans, you know, just didn't really put together a team of players who would start elsewhere. And the Rams did. And not only that, you know, have put more effort out there in the last four or five years to build an exciting spectacle than any other team in the NFL. And I think it's funny that Jerry Jones gets lumped in with him because Jerry Jones and Stan Kroenke may be the two greatest showmen in modern day NFL, uh, in the modern day NFL world. These are showmen. These are Barnum and Bailey, except it's Jones and Kroenke. And it doesn't really flow off the tongue and they don't look like Hugh Jackman. So it's not a great trade-off, but this is what they set out to do. They want to build the greatest stadiums in the world where you can go and watch something that you'll remember for, a, you know, maybe the rest of your life. If it's the one or two game that games that you go to, especially if you're a kid, they want to put something out there that says, yeah, there was a lot of passing, Matthew Stafford, and it was touchdowns, and I didn't know you could do that as a human being, would throw the thing. That's the other thing is because a lot of people just don't like watching boring football even if it wins games they would like to see Patrick Mahomes win games and that's why it's a lot more exciting when that happens and so the Rams went out and got Matthew Stafford and they got out they already had these great pass catchers and now it's completely opened up with Sean McVay and a lot of other teams look around and they go man if we can't be great we'll be fun and we'll do that and the Houston Texans are the opposite of fun they are the no fun league. They're the refs of playing football because I don't want to see them. I don't want to be involved with them. I don't want to have to say that there's an NFL team that the owner and the GM and the front office and maybe the head coach. I mean, it's not up to me to say who is or isn't involved in tanking, but this, the Texans went four and 12 last year. And when they found out they wouldn't have their best player, they didn't change anything, really, <laughs> other than seeing players like J.J. Watt leave, even if that really didn't have that much of an impact on winning or losing, but seeing players like J.J. Watt leave and not replacing them and not signing anybody of note and not and knowing that they didn't really have any good draft picks, you know, just kind of going with the draft and just saying, we're not going to try anything. And you say, well, whatever, you know, if a team tanks, a team tanks. But in the NFL, it's a very short season. Relatively speaking, it's a short schedule. And if you have a team that goes 0-17, which obviously the Houston Texans can't do that because they beat the Jaguars, which I think scared the shit out of the, uh, Nick Casario, the general manager, scared the shit out of the owner, said, oh, God, we got to not – what's going on here? And then in the second game, Tyrod Taylor starts 10 of 11 for like 140. 
50 yards or something like that with a touchdown. And all of a sudden, they're like, and he wasn't playing anymore. And then Davis Mills, who was probably the worst backup in the NFL, has started the last five or six games. And again, it's like, well, am I saying that Davis Mills is the worst backup in the NFL? I mean, I guess some backups have come in and, and not gotten as long of an opportunity. But he's a third-round player out of Stanford who threw seven touchdowns last year and 11 touchdowns the year before that. And now he's playing for an NFL team. So if you get to play the Houston Texans, it's pretty much a free win. And even if the Jaguars couldn't cash in on that, the Jaguars were a two and 14, uh, one and 15, excuse me, team a year ago. And we're starting a whole bunch of new players for the very first time. Some of them for the first time in their entire careers. And so losing the Texans 37 and 19, it's not that interesting because I think, again, it scared Houston to do that. They scored 51 points in six quarters with Tyrod Taylor. They've scored 46 points in 22 quarters without Tyrod Taylor. Houston is, what do they last in? They're 32nd in rushing yards per carry, and they are 32nd in offense on DVOA, if you care about DVOA. They are 30th overall in DVOA because they happen to be ranked 18th in DVOA on defense. But I think this is part of the reason that stats are so misleading playing a team as bad as Houston, you just tra- change your strategy as an offense. You don't need to really destroy them, right? Like they're going to get destroyed. They've lost 40 to nothing to the bills, 31 to three to the Colts, 31 to five to the Cardinals, 24 to nine to the Panthers. Who's an awful team, 25, 22 to the pan to Patriots who are actually probably an awful team. They just, you didn't know it because they have three wins because one of them was against the Texans and two of them against the jets. And one of those Jets games, Mike White was the quarterback. And not the White Lotus, Mike White, but might as well have been the White Lotus, Mike White, the school of rock, Mike White, and my favorite Mike White, Survivor Mike White. Uh, And then they lost to the Cleveland Browns, who apparently aren't that good either. So overall, I just don't think that the stats really show a full picture because you don't, like when the Rams go out and play the Houston Texans, okay, just, you know, hey, guy, I know you don't want to say be casual, against a team, but kind of be casual. Kind of. I mean, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, if you can't beat this team with Matthew, I mean, I know that it feels difficult to admit it, but when Jared Goff went out there against the Jets, he wasn't Matthew Stafford, and it, it wasn't it wasn't an opportunity for a team to not do you know well. There were other things, by the way, also that were different about that game. Andrew Whitworth was out. Nobody talks about. You know, there were other injuries. Uh, Cam Akers, I think, was out. It was there were other things going on. But anyway, I digress. Uh, the Texans, you just don't really need to go out there and destroy them and create a giant high DVOA. And plus, because the games aren't close, a lot of your uh, big plays won't even matter because. You know, DVOA measures the value and expected points added per a play. And when you're destroying a team or when you know that you're so much better than a team, it's not like you just need to go out there and bomb against them because that's not football. That's not the I mean, it can be. But the, the, the thing is that it doesn't have to be. You're playing the Houston Texans. Fuck it. Hey, let's get out there. Let's get an eight minute drive. I want to convert all of our third downs. You know, I heard somebody say this on a podcast recently, and this is an analytics person or whatever. And they said, like, obviously, uh, the best offense never sees third down. 
And to me, that's a terrible way uh, to think of it. That's an, an, a terribly inaccurate way to describe what the best offenses do. The best offenses do not never see third down. The best offenses never fear third down. The best offenses crave third down. The best offenses are Aaron Rodgers and it's third and 15 and, or Kyler Murray and it's third and 19. Those are the best offenses. The ones where all of a sudden you're more scared on defense than they are on offense. And that's when you know you have a good offense or a great offense. So when you're playing the Houston Texans, you don't fear third down because for a number of reasons, you are confident that you'll convert third down. You've run so many plays during practice during the week where you're like, yeah, if we run this in this situation, we know that we can convert it. We know that we can at least get a catch. And against the Houston Texans, you know, we, we have this amount of, of data and tape study that we know we can uh, beat them in this play, that play, the other thing. I don't even have to be an X's and O's guys to know that amount of how teams prepare. So that's where it's like, yeah, I want to get out there. I want to go nine of 11 on third down. I want to go eight of 10 on third down. Let's get out there and go 10 of 10 on third down. If I'm Sean McVay, I'm not going staff. Don't get any third down. Don't touch it. You know, that's not football. And again, Stan Kroenke to his credit, I want to watch football. And if the Rams aren't good, are people watching Are Rams fans watching as much football the Rams are good. And you want to go back to the two and 14s and the one and 15s and that type of stuff for the seven and nines. You know, you can look around at the other side of the field of the Houston Texans. And as much as these players are trying their asses off, they're just not good enough. They're Alabama versus Georgia or more accurately, uh, Washington state versus Georgia. You know, it's not a good situation for the Texans out there, you know, everybody is outmatched for the most part at every single position. And if they aren't, we need to have some salary adjustments. If the Rams even come close to losing this game, it's an incredible, just pock mark on the season. You know, it's just a stain on everything. I mean, you can't even look partly incompetent against the Houston Texans. Uh, Tyrod Taylor may or may not return this week. If not, if Davis Mills um, is the starter, like I just already said, the offensive line has barely any experience together. Maybe hard, maybe not, maybe one or two games together. Most of these players have hardly played with the Houston Texans. Uh, center Justin Britt has uh, played, I think, six games for the Houston Texans, was out of the NFL last year after a career with the Seahawks. Uh, right tackle Titus Howard, former first round pick has been a disappointment, uh, but he is, I guess, there still, which, you know, we'll see what that means for his long term future. I know that it's one of their better players, relatively speaking, um, and he's started 29 games uh, left guard Max Sharping second round pick in 2019 after Titus Howard. He's started fewer than 30 games left tackle Charlie Heck. And uh, guard Christian or Garen Christian, both of them uh, are around under 30 starts. Charlie Heck, uh, I think four starts. 
So all of them together couldn't be more than four because Charlie Heck's probably been out there. But I'm going to say it's maybe zero or one. And that's because Larry Mee Tunsil also has been uh, taken uh, out. He's on the injured reserve. Whether or not that's uh, something that upsets Nick Casario or not, unclear. Running back Mark Ingram was traded, I think, today. So they wanted to get him out of there. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's just sort of been a dismantling Whitney merciless, the linebacker pass rusher. He was released a week or two ago cause he didn't want to play there anymore. All these players asking, uh, for their exit just so they can get an opportunity to be for a franchise that wants to win. Um, and, and I'm not even just making that up. That's directly what they say. You know, Hey, we just want to go somewhere where I can win. I mean, how can it's not, it's just not even fun. You know, and they hired David Coley to be the head coach. And, you know, it's like anybody can be a head coach and, and like be hired to be an NFL head coach. And, and you could say like, hey, look, good or bad. You know, I hate it when coaches get graded at the moment that they are hired. Uh, Sean McVay was not given the all glowing grades. I swear to God, some people have changed since then, changed their Sean McVay uh, hiring grades at prominent websites, by the way, because I am positive that he had a lot more C's and C minuses and that kind of thing when he was hired. And all of a sudden I went looking for it. All of a sudden it's gone or it's changed. I mean, it's uh, suspicious, but uh, maybe that's just me. I'm not, I'm very old. So uh, I'm not even that old. I shouldn't say that because there's people that are over 40 and I'm not one of them yet. Uh, but if you are, you're not old either. Anyway, um, I have a weird obsession with age, uh, getting older, but I think that David Coley was just a guy that everybody kind of agreed like, Oh, never heard this name before in my life. And he's 66 years old and he's never really been mentioned as a head coach, coaching candidate ever before. He's never been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. He's never been a defensive coordinator in the NFL. He's never been a special teams coordinator in the NFL. He has spent a long career under Andy Reid. Um, he was with the Ravens the last two years, the Bills the two years before that. And there isn't really anything on his resume that would make you think um, this, is an, this is a hire that's going to be around for a long time. You know, the 49ers... Maybe they set a little bit of a standard with Jim Tomsala a few years ago when they hired Jim Tomsala, knowing full well that Jim Tomsala was not going to be the long-term head coach. And then all of a sudden when they felt, okay, we're in a little bit better setup right now, we can attract a better candidate. Kyle Shanahan came in. If David Coley is the head coach in January uh, after um, all the coaches have been fired, I think most will be quite surprised if that's the case. Because at that point, the Texans could then go to a head coaching candidate and say, hey, we have the number one pick. We have uh, two number one picks. Uh, excuse me. We have like a top three pick. And we also have these other draft picks because of trading Deshaun Watson. Or we will have more training, uh, draft picks because of trading Deshaun Watson in March. And so, you know, it would seem like Houston had zero intention to win any games this season underestimated or didn't really like the fact that they had to play the Jaguars in week one. Uh, but Hey, when you play in the AFC South, you're going to have some uh, easy games. So uh, good luck to not win again, I guess, but that's who the Rams are facing this week. Uh, I have nothing negative to say about Houston and uh, the city. Uh, uh, I have a friend there 
uh, as a matter of fact, I have nothing to, negative to say about David Coley. I have nothing negative to say about any of the players on the Texans. I just know that we all know, and I don't think it's something that anybody has to deny, we all know that uh, a lot of these players uh, probably probably played poorly enough last year to not continue to have their jobs and they still have their jobs, which, Hey, if I was in my position, I would be so uh, just grateful. And uh, they, some of them are doing really well or, you know, on an individual basis, Jonathan Greenard uh, has six sacks. And so some of some players are just like, yeah, this is, this is going to be an opportunity for someone on an individual basis to do well. But as far as coming together as a team, um, you know, the team changes so much every week. And it seems like when you have a whole air about you and the entire organization of nobody cares about winning, then the players aren't going to necessarily go out there and care about a team win. And when you go out there and you do try and you lose by 30 or 40 points consistently, it might become a little bit more difficult to get amped up for the games in terms of winning. And, you know, some players, maybe I'm not accusing anybody of doing this, but some players might be like, I need to go out there and get mine so that I have something to sell next season to a team because this team's going to get blown up or maybe they'll keep me around if I put up, you know, these types of numbers. So, but going for that individual accolade isn't always conducive to an overall uh, victory. And if the whole message of the organization is don't win games, people aren't motivated to win games. And the whole message of the Rams is win games. Does that backfire sometimes? Yes. It's called Appalachian State over Michigan. Um, and even then, in hindsight, you go, it's actually not that crazy. Of course, Appalachian State beat Michigan. But it's, it's just, it's, it's going to be a surprise. That's it for the uh, preview of sorts of the Houston Texans. Um, uh, subscribe to Turf Show Times podcast uh, for more Stuff like this. We got a new episode of Last Minute Thoughts on Saturday with Robin JB. So come back for that and then an instant reaction right after the Rams and the Texans this Sunday.